question is that uh, as someone actually even mentioned yesterday and I, I've mentioned I think in probably for many or all of us we've had moments when this, the it's kind of like the infinite openness of the outer space of the, of the sky and the openness uh, can has, has a power to it to help bring out our inner capacity to recognize a basic space uh, and lucidity in everything we're experiencing, not just what we think of as the ex- external world or sky versus the inner world, which is very caught up and narrow, but rather the outer sky can help kind of wake up what's called the inner sky um, of basic uh, openness and lucidity, which in other words, it can kind of wake up shamatha without support, and then that can, that can deepen and uh, self settle and purify itself so much that it becomes what's called the inmost sky of rikpa, of non-dual recognition of uh, the nature of mind, the empty nature of mind. So that's outer and inner and inmost skies. But So basically, uh, when outside, uh, in, with an open, the openness of the sky around you, or it's, it's helpful. Uh, the eyes can be open with that gentle panoramic gaze, as, as we did here. And with that kind of fresh gaze, then through the eyes, you just let the, the utter uh, openness, uh, the inexpressible openness of the sky, uh, merge with your awareness. You just let the utter openness of the sky merge with your awareness or unify your awareness with it. It has the power to do that. We may not have known, formally known, that we could learn to let it do that. But now we are. So not attempting to expand the mind to meet outer spaciousness, that's really important. That's the typical misinterpretation of sky yoga. So I'm sitting here trying to expand my mind to be as big as the sky. That is not the practice. We just let the, what, what, what we experience as the external space, we let that external space through the eyes signal the inner space of mind which is already present to manifest. The inner space of mind is already here. We haven't been noticing. So the outer or external space of, of the sky, which, which really is referring not to the blueness out there and focusing on the blueness, it's not that. It's the felt sense of the utter inexpressible uh, uh, space of it all, or utter openness of it. So we let the external space of the sky draw the inner space of the mind into oneness with it. And then we let any framework of outer and inner just naturally fall away. And there's just cognizant openness, a basic all-pervasive space in and through all, beyond all frameworks of inner or outer. So you don't meditate 
on the space, you just merge with this pervasive space cognizance and let everything be. You just let the external space draw the inner space of your mind into unity with it and then just let everything be. You just let that, that undivided space just gradually reunify you with it more and more, like in the quote I gave from Kensei Rinpoche. And then you let this cognizant openness itself just process whatever perceptions or thoughts or feelings arise by just letting them all be. So it's very much the letting, letting be meditation we just did which you have in your handout. It's meditation number five in your handout. It's very much that, but it's allowing the external space to help, help with it. So then thoughts and feelings and perceptions, even as they're arising, can start to just self-release, self-liberate within the utter openness and profound acceptance of this basic space. It just accepts all. But everything that's arising has no footing in it because it's space. So nothing can really stick. So it it tends to self-release or self-liberate as it's arising or shortly after arising as a kind of a and insubstantial radiance. So the radiant nature of our thoughts and feelings and perceptions starts to reveal itself more and more. Now this this unifying of external space with inner space, which becomes just undivided space, does not last long. The example that's often given is it's like, a, and this is like a standard example in Tibet, but it's like a 500-year-old map, um, you know, manuscript map. And you take the map that's been rolled up for 500 years, and you take the edge of it, and you go like that, and it unrolls, and then it rolls itself back up again. So just very much like that, uh, when... Uh, the, the mind will tend to kind of self-enclose again, uh, resurrect very narrow parameters and points of reference, uh, organized in relation to a very narrow sense of self, constructed sense of self. The mind will generate all that v- probably pretty quickly because that's its conditioned habit. The, the map metaphor is really very helpful. It's very much just like that. So I like go, and then like that, it'll come back. So that's okay, we understand that that's the conditioned habit of our mind, but then uh, we can, and also as the, when the mind becomes in this sense then fixated, or again caught up in thought, uh, or kind of stale, then we just begin freshly again, can just take take an abdominal breath or, or a few, and then kind of look away, and rest the mind, and then again, just sit up straight, and, or you may be standing, fresh breath, fresh gaze. 
So not, again, not attempting to expand the mind to, to make it into some kind of great spaciousness, but just letting the, ex, the seeming external space signal the already inner space of mind to manifest and merge. So one sign of beginning to have a little bit of success at this uh, is a sense of inner release and inner healing at a fairly deep level. Uh, that is the, the patterns of mind and, and, and emotion which also become embedded in body. Those patterns start to sort of become healed in this basic space of awareness. Because that basic, that basic space is the ultimate ground of absolute acceptance and allowing and being, this, the, or providing the space, obviously, for things to relax, unwind, uh, metabolize themselves. So the patterns are healed in this space of awareness, which permits them to relax and unwind, release, uh, increasingly as they arise or soon after they arise more and more. And when difficulties come up in the practice, and you just can settle, reconnect with the field of care practice or compassionate presence to feeling. So often practitioners alternate the letting be or and sky yoga type of practice with, which are called more ultimate practice, accessing the ultimate ground. Um, alternate that with a, what's called a more relative practice that operates within a dualistic framework like field of care, uh, compassionate presence to feelings. They start within a dualistic framework in, in a way that evokes qualities from that ultimate ground. So the two kinds of practice help uh, empower each other. Is that okay? That's actually a key point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what will come into our daily practice for those who take up one, one. Generally, you take up two of these practices. So after we've gone through them all, you know, by, really by the end of today and then tomorrow, if you, you want to take up this kind of practice, you usually uh, select two that are complementary uh, in the way that I just described and, and do at least one of them in the morning then touch in on that one, complemented by touching in on another one throughout your day that are complementary. One a little bit more relative, it starts more dualistically, and one a little bit more simply settling in. So sometimes people alternate field of care with compassionate presence to feelings, or field of care becoming inclusive mode with compassionate presence to feelings. But they, any of those can be alternated with letting, the letting be practice and sky yoga as that complementary other side of practice. Uh, even more uh, coming from a place from beyond, effort, beyond our efforts, complementing those practices that involve a little more effort. That's the idea. Is that sort of clear? So you can start uh, now. Uh, it's lunchtime. You can have some lunch. And then, you know, you can be outside if you'd like. Although sky yoga can actually be done in your room just by looking out a window, but it's nice to, to learn to do it outside if you, if you can. I planned it to introduce it today in part because the weather reports. 
Actually, it's true. I actually checked one of the long-range weather reports for Barry. So today seems like a good day for it. So uh, you can explore that in the, over the lunch break and over into the afternoon and uh, early evening and into tomorrow and so forth. And you have the basic instruction in your handout, meditation number five, letting bees. Okay, so let's, shall we get some lunch? Okay, good, thank you. What time do we return though? 2 p.m. always, yeah.